Hi, everybody. This is Sandy Payne. I am your host of the PCS Project. This is a podcast that's designed to help military families really get a grip on PCSing and just really offering tips and tricks that I've experienced throughout our military career, hoping to bring you some joy and happiness during your next move. If you are already in a duty station and you're probably like your house is finally set you're finally in a rhythm kids are all situated in school like everybody's just got their roots starting to grow and then there it is there it is there are the orders stating that you're going to be moving i i remember those days when it was like oh my gosh i finally just got my life together and here we go we're about to do this all over again and the crazy thing is when you get these orders like it's just temporary it, nothing is set in stone and it's not a permanent decision until, you know, really a lot closer to the time you're actually going to move. So I remember going through like this whole process of thought, oh my gosh, where are we going to go? What is our house going to be like? Where are we going to live? Are we going to have enough space? Is all my stuff going to fit? You know, and just question after question and it, and it becomes a bit consuming because the unknown is always so scary. So you never know where you're going to go and and who you're going to meet and your your kids are going to have to start all over in new schools and new friends and even us like sometimes the military spouse like we feel like we have all of our act together um, but we're the ones that really carry the biggest burden i think and from my experience when we go through these military moves like our soldiers are going to work you know they're doing their thing we relocate and then they're back to work and we're left with you know all the packing the unpacking most of the time and getting the kids set and going through all the emotions of tears and worry and just that huge life change. It's very uprooting. And I I remember a time where, you know, a few times actually where we got orders to move. My husband was actually deployed and I had to make this entire move by myself because he was going to be moving duty stations close. We were in Germany. That's where we were. We were in Bamberg, Germany, and I got the word that we were going to be moving to Würzburg. And so I was like, okay, um, how am I going to do this on my own? It wasn't very far, but it was still, you know, within Germany, but he was deployed. And the unit he was going to be coming back to was the one that was going to be in Würzburg. So I had to not only be in a foreign country, one, I had to pack everything up, find a place to live in our new duty station, unload everything and get my life going in a whole new place. And the hysterical thing of that was, as much as that was chaotic, <laughs> the the funny thing was when my husband came back from deployment, he didn't even know where we lived. <laughs> he didn't know where our house looked like. He was like completely lost. And for the first like three weeks, I had to like drive him into work. So I had to kind of train him as to where um, he, he was living now. And even more... You know, going through that emotion, not only just moving, but if you are doing that during a deployment, that's even just added, right? That's just added to the whole process and the whole stress of it all. So the whole idea of trying to live in a way that you can quickly and I don't want to say quickly, I don't want to say easily, but like quickly and with the less least amount of chaos uproot and move possibly across the ocean maybe just to another state maybe close maybe close to your family you never know where you're going to go but i all i got to the point in all of these moves that 
I was almost always on guard. I was like always ready. I always had in the back of my mind, what if tomorrow's the day we get the day we're moving? Like, am I ready? Am I prepared? And last episode, I talked about my book, That Military House, and why I wrote that. And it wasn't just about moving and moving tips, but, you know, a lot of decorating and organizing and really just creating that home space, no matter how long it is that you're there, knowing that, you know, you're probably going to have to upload, you know, and and leave again. And doing that with the the least disruption to your family, because I know for me, it was always on my mind, but I didn't want to ever really put that out to my kids, right? Or to my husband that I'm like, oh my gosh, here you are. You get to just go to work every day and I'm back, you know, just dealing with all of this stuff and really always trying to not prepare my family so crazy, like don't get too attached or don't make too many friends because we're just going to move because that's kind of the mentality I sometimes had. I wanted to get rooted. I wanted to make these great friends and then, but you didn't want to get too invested because you knew we were just going to move. But what I didn't realize, and if you're a military family and you've moved many times or this is your first time, what I didn't realize is my military family, my military friends are some of our closest friends today after 23 years. I think it's because, I think it's because there's just something we experience during a PCS that is undescribable and it builds a certain part of your character that people who don't go through this just will never understand. You you can't even explain it because they've never lived it. And so, you know, here we are going about our way. Our kids are involved in sports. We're involved in our, you know, spouses groups, our church groups, our crafting groups, and or a job even at that. And we, you know, all of a sudden have to know we're moving. So one of the things that I always was ready for, and I and I, I learned this over time, this was definitely not something that I knew, like from the beginning, and nobody told me. And so I'm also hoping that just hearing from someone else who's been through what you're going through, it might help you make yours just a little, your moves just a little bit better. Um, knowing that someone's done this before, I mean, so many people do this every day, but not many people talk about it. And um, so getting those orders is, you know, life-changing. And so last episode, I talked about my three-box method of organizing. And I know that was, a, it's a little, it's a little simple. I mean, it's a little bit logical, but we all need these reminders. But what I found was going through that process, every time I moved, I got to the point that I really didn't have to do it much very anymore. Like, I was already organized. I was able to not just be organized before the move, but when I had to open all those crazy boxes and try to whip my house together quickly for my family, what was coming out of the boxes was as organized as it went in. And that, to me, I got down to a science. People were always amazed. My husband was always amazed. We'd have our household goods delivered, and literally he'd come home from work that day and like half the house would be put away. What used to take weeks, I mean, even months. I remember the first time we moved, there were boxes that I never even got to by the time we got orders to go to the next duty station. Like I I didn't even I didn't even know it was in those boxes anymore. And I hated that because, you know, we're limited to a certain amount of weight that we can move. 
based on your your rank, you're given a certain amount of weight that you can actually move from one place to the other for free or that the military pays for to move you in that PCS. And so you can't do, you can't have this hoarding mentality. You can't have this constantly bringing things in and never like putting things out. And it kind of became a rule, kind of became a joke. Like, oh, well, if you if you bring that into the house, you're like, what is that thing that you're going to take out? And that was always, you know, um, something that we had to be careful for. Well, of course, as you grow, your family grows. We all accumulate so much. I mean, we move in to our new, our first duty station with like, you know, uh, like I lived with my family, like until I got married. So I didn't have like my own apartment. Like I didn't have anywhere that I rented where I had a full household of furniture. Like I had my clothes and just my, my stuff my bed (laughs) that was basically it like whatever was in my childhood room of my family's home is all I had when I got married of course my husband you know he had already been assigned to Fort Drum so he had the basics right but we all know what those basic housing looks like luckily we were in this itty bitty little apartment I think it was I think it was maybe 600 square feet I don't know to go back there today to Fort Drum little Black River village community to live in I, I would imagine how tiny this first place was. And back then I thought, oh my gosh, look at all this space. We, we have got, we've got a living room, we've got a dining room, we've got a kitchen, and we had all of this mix match stuff, right? Back then, I remember, you know, we didn't have any money. We just really didn't have any money. And, um, you know, always looking at yard sales, we didn't have the internet like we have it today. So, you know, no Craigslist or... Um, marketplace on Facebook or anything like that. So there wasn't really anything to do other than yard sales. I mean, that was basically like the the way that you went and you gather stuff or you watch the curb, obviously, uh, for people who are putting things out on the curb. And our, our first house, it was just such a, a mash of of stuff. Our, our bedroom was so tiny. We had a full-size bed in there. There wasn't even room for the dresser. Like it was literally the bed and the closet door hit the bed. So you couldn't even open the closet door all the way when you wanted to get in the closet. And our dresser that we had actually was in the little dining room and served as a little, you know, buffet (laughs) because we couldn't put it in the bedroom. I mean, it was just the craziest situation going back. I haven't thought about that for a long time. And going back to that, it just, it's so crazy how, how, chaotic I thought that life was and then you know fast forward you know 23 years now you're in this you know two-story home you have a whole family you have more stuff than you can even imagine having but I remember I always had like this design thing I was always an artist I was a I was a ballerina Um, I loved art I was always in art classes and and all of that, and and I remember, like, I used to cringe when I would go to what now is my husband, my, my boyfriend's, you know, apartment at Fort Drum at the time, and um, just walk into his little apartment, and I would be like, oh my gosh, the stress, the stress it would give me, because like nothing matched. Uh, it it was like we were living at the yard sale <laughs> that he got half the stuff from, and it used to stress me out. And I always remember, like, oh my gosh, like I have got to make this look decent. I have got to make this feel like home. I know it's temporary and I know it doesn't match, but there's got to be a way. So that was kind of my first inclination that I'm like, I I knew that I could make a house a home. It didn't matter. And I know that's kind of overplayed, make a house a home. 
Um, but a house to me is just anybody's, right? It can be anybody's. You just walk into anybody's house and there's nothing personal that attaches to you or connects you and your emotion to that house. And I think that's the transition between a house and a home. I think it becomes a home when you literally feel like you belong. You feel like you're surrounded with love and just your your style and your things. I mean, I think that's what really makes the difference. And as we started to grow a family, I, I realized really quick, not I was feeling this way that I really needed to feel grounded where it was that I lived. Um, and as we grow our family, I knew that this was going to be important for my children. I knew that they were going to want to feel like when they came home, like that's where they were. And they never would think that this there would be another home somewhere next or seven more times. That, that this was all they needed. Everything that they needed was right here in this space. And it felt good. It felt together. It felt cohesive. And... I, I knew, you know, of course, that there were going to be things I had to do. So we didn't even have Pinterest. Like, there was no DIY movement at all. When there was, I don't even think there was anything on TV that you could watch about like house flipping and all of these really awesome like style um, trends and these like DIY tips. And, and so a lot of things that we came up with, we saw in magazines. I was a huge Martha Stewart fan huge Martha Martha Stewart fan. I think she was like the first intro into my life on style and design that was someone that I really connected with. And I, of course, with the money we didn't have, subscribed to her Martha Stewart Living magazine every month. Oh my gosh, every month. I would just wait for this magazine to come. And I was always so inspired by just the beauty and the style and it, I struggled because I was like, how am I supposed to create this? Like, I don't have access to these things. I don't have money, you know, to, to buy these things and make my home look like this. And half the time, I wasn't allowed to do it to a home because I was either renting or we were in military quarters. So I couldn't paint walls. I couldn't wallpaper and, you know, do, do all these uh, fun, you know, projects. So we were very limited. And that's really where I think the... That is where I think the light bulb went off with me and what my just natural talent of artistry um, and design and, and vision started coming into play because I would I would be able to look at these images and be like, okay, I can't do it exactly like that, but what if, what if I did this instead, kind of creating that same look? Like, I'll just use an example. Like, I, I know everybody hates wallpaper, it's, <laughs> I think it's the style, the old style of wallpaper with the stripes and the, the, the top with stripes and you had this border of grapes or fruit. I don't know what that ever was about. And then, and then the bottom would be like this whole floral thing and maybe you'd have this scallopy, you know, border again at the top. I mean, just layers and layers of wallpaper. And there was a time that that was beautiful, I'm sure. I wasn't there, so I, I don't understand it. But I always was a fan of full wall coverage of some type of art, whether it be a mural, whether it be wallpaper, whether it be taking a simple stamp and stamping a pattern across the wall, one that would be very easy to, you know, just paint over if that became the case and didn't really change the structure of the wall. So it, it, it just really allowed me to start 
opening my mind to possibilities and and kind of that whole DIY concept, making my own throw pillows. So I, of course, my mother was a seamstress growing up. I was in the ballet and my mother was a wardrobe mistress, which is a person who sews all the costumes. So if you've seen Nutcrackers and Swan Lakes and all the beautiful ballets, all those costumes, my mother was the one who actually sewed all of those. Mind-blowing, just the, the gift and the skill. I, I, I But I was around sewing. So, um, of course, as a child, I was like, oh, I want to sew. I tried to make my own clothes and, you know, all of that fun stuff because it was just part of my life, right? It was where I was. I was there. I was the, the mannequin model for my mom when she was trying to do all these costumes for the ballet. So sewing and and crafting and putting all of that vision together, the, the, the tooling and the sequins and all of that fun stuff really um, spoke to me. I had th- I have two sisters, one older, one younger. Um, I was the one who really kind of jumped into that whole creative artistry um, life, you know. And so I started sewing. So I'm like, well, gosh, I know how to sew. I don't have to spend this money on this pillow. I can deconstruct this thing I found at a yard sale and make a pillow out of it. And, you know, it just kind of one thing led to the other, which is really like the whole the whole birth of my book, the whole the whole birth of my life moving in the military. You know, PCS stands for permanent change of station. And permanent, haha. <laughs> that, that's funny because it's never permanent, which is an oxymoron in itself. But I like to try to think of like, okay, this is just a positive change in my surroundings. This is an attitude. This is an attitude. I am going to be in control of how I feel about how my family moves and how I perceive moving is going to trickle down into my family's experience. So it kind of became this challenge like, okay, this is what we did in this house, but when we move, Ooh, I'm going to try this, or I'm going to do this different, or I'm going to get more organized in this category, or I'm going to learn a new skill um, that I can implement um, and maybe even help other people. So fast forwarding, um, we get to Würzburg, which was um, our next to last duty station. And of course, um, we lived um, in the housing that was kind of behind like a gated community. So everybody who lived in this one section, a little bit off post, just kind of right off post, was um, part of the Big Red One, One ID. And they were all deployed. So all of our husbands were part of um, the general staff and we were all de- they were all deployed at the same time together. So that left like this huge um, community of spouses and children um, that we didn't work because we were in Germany, so we weren't able to work. And so we really created this whole crazy network. That's a whole nother podcast of building those military relationships with with spouses and whatnot. And I I started wanting to do something with my time because my kids were old enough. Now they were going to school. Here I was all day. I can only spend so many hours in the gym, right? Um, I didn't have any other job. And I started helping my friends. That's that's really how the whole birth of the whole thing started. I just started helping my friends. And it got to the point that it it started to be, literally become a job and helping other people take everything that they had, putting it together and creating that home. And through all of that, you know, I talked about in the last podcast is where the book, That Military House, came into play. I started during a deployment. We had several. So I started during a deployment just writing down all the ideas, just that whole library in my head of ideas that I 
from the Martha Stewart magazines to just things I saw um, as the years went on started you know, all all in my head in this huge file and I really felt important to, to, to get it out to write it down and to get it organized and you know that's what happened that that's what I wound up doing and so you know in all of that I guess you know the whole thing is you know moving can be rough but it's a mindset thing and we know mindset is part of life we hear we hear, we're inundated with it in social media. Oh, it's all about mindset. It's all about this. Um, it's all about that. And and it, this is just one more way to make sure we have a, a great mindset. And it's how we perceive the PCS. It's how we prepare for the PCS. And we all know when you are organized in life, um, life just goes so much easier. And everything is just a temporary moment. And so how we choose to live that moment is totally up to us. And so creating that positive change of surrounding, it becomes a project. I mean, a PCS is literally a project. It's a packing project. It's a moving project. It's a design project. It's a family project. It's a lifestyle project. And every part of it can be easier. Projects happen because there's an order. There's an order and sequence of events. There's a way for us to follow the steps. And if you follow these steps, this project is going to be easier. Your outcome is going to be better. It's like a piece of Ikea furniture, y'all. <laughs> Who loves Ikea furniture? Who loves that furniture? I look at that furniture and it, my mind always goes to, um, I'm not going to follow directions. I bet you I can figure this out. <laughs> because there's only so many parts to a piece of Ikea furniture. And we've all seen the little wooden dowels. And we've all seen the, the screws. Like we all know the gadgets. We all know the pieces that come with it. And it's always like this crazy puzzle. But at the end of the day, you always go back to that goofy little instruction sheet with no words, just pictures of those little funny men. I don't even think they have men on them anymore. I know before it used to be like a person, like a, this stick figure person trying to put it together. Now it's just like pictures, like kids' Lego books. It's like, it's literally the same thing. Um, and it turns out every time. Like it literally, if you just follow the steps every single time, somebody has already figured this out. And that's what I'm hoping to bring to you through the PCS project is an experience that you do not have to recreate this on your own. There are people millions of people that do this on the daily and I want to bring those things um, to you so through that we're gonna be touching on that military house my book <clears throat> breaking that down bringing some of those things into play to help you out there we're also gonna be talking about real estate because I'm a realtor and that's you know my life that's what I, I live and I breathe every day it's my obsession and it's important when we move because whether you're going to be selling a house or buying a house, renting a house or living on base um, in quarters or, or whatever your situation is, there's still a relocation and we're still dealing with real estate. And the more I am in the real estate business and helping military families here in Fort Hood, I realize more and more families and soldiers are understanding the importance of a real estate investment. You know, renting versus owning, like we've all heard these 
things like why would you rent and pay someone else's investment when you can make an investment of your own so i really feel like bringing real estate conversation into this podcast is crucial because it's important that i'm here to help advise military as they move to open to those options there's never enough housing on base for everybody so someone has to rent someone has to buy like it's just the natural order of the way it goes and so one of the topics i want to bring up today around real estate um, is the VA loan. We are all in a market right now that is highly competitive. I mean, this is happening across the world. This is not just where you are in your pocket or what, you, what you've heard, but this is kind of happening over the last two years, once the pandemic hit, um, that the real estate industry is changing. The market is shifting. The market's changing. Um, so many factors go into that. Of course, you know, we have supply shortages, shortages of materials that are all, everything's a result of the last couple years. But one thing that doesn't change is people's desire to purchase homes. They're not making any more real estate as far as when it comes to the dirt. Like the earth is built, right? Like it is what it is. There's only so much surface area. And the concept of owning some of that especially in our younger generation, it surprises me how savvy um, and how interested our younger generation is in real estate. When I was in my 20s, the last thing on my mind was buying a house. I mean, we were in the military for heaven's sake. Like we didn't even know how long we were going to be there. Like that just seemed like not the best investment to make and a super financial risk. But as as I'm in this industry and as I'm watching and helping military families move, and buy and sell, it's it's refreshing to me to see how many people are actually interested in, in purchasing real estate. Even knowing you're gonna move, what do we do with that home when you move? So of course we have the benefit of the VA loan. The most beautiful thing ever for our military servicemen and women when it comes to real estate is the VA loan. That's a zero money down. There is no other loan that you can buy a house with zero money down. And what a blessing that is because we all know on military budgets, everybody's tight in the first place. So just having the ability to purchase a home with that type of loan is a beautiful thing. However, there are things that are shifting and changing. There's a lot of other things that come into play when you're purchasing a home. There's closing costs, there's um, earnest deposits, there's inspection fees, there's repairs. title policies and so depending on where you are and what what state you're in you have attorney fees i mean it's just it's really a complicated thing so the zero money down concept really applies to the 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 loan the the actual just zero money zero down payment and that's kind of where it ends so if you are a military family and you are or a military member and you are thinking of buying a home and using your va loan that's incredible, but don't think that means you literally are going to get into the house like without a dollar. There are other things in contracts. There's other terms. There's other negotiations, especially now in today's market. You have got to have something to bring to the table or you're never going to win. <laughs> you're just never going to win. Um, time after time, I see, I, I, I do that. You know, 90% of the families and people that we get to help here are, are military and you know, there's nothing in savings. There's nothing in the bank because they've just got accustomed to, you know, money in, money out. And they're really struggling with having the ability to, 
purchase a home because in today's market, you've got to be competitive. Sometimes you have to bring cash over, over the list price. Um, almost 100% of the time, right now in today's market, February 2022, you have to bring money over. It's, it's, it's just has to be there. That's the way the, the competition is in the multiple offers. You know, there are other terms in the contract here in Texas. You know, you have the owner title policy of closing costs, you have home warranty. I mean, the buyer's having to bring all of that to the table. So you're looking at not just about, about roughly 3% in closing costs of the contract amount. Now you have almost $1,000 for a home warranty. Pretending, depending on your price of the home that you're purchasing, you have... Um, you know, could be 500 to, to 5,000 in uh, owner title policy charges and all of that to negotiate. So just kind of be wise. If you're thinking about purchasing a home wherever you're going or, or you're already there, make sure you get with your local realtor, ask the questions if a VA loan is going to be right for you. If you have a lot of money to put down, you may consider a, an FHA or a conventional loan. Get with your mortgage lender, get with your realtor and make sure that you're making the right decision and save, start saving some money. Um, I did have actually had the, the opportunity of doing an interview with Homelight. Um, that's just a, kind of a referral, um, agent-based referral uh, platform that a lot of people go to to find an agent in the area. And what we talked about was what we're seeing in our market here as far as a military member and their ability to purchase homes and whatnot. Super fun. I'll make sure I'm sharing it. So if you're following me, make sure that you um, watch for that because that's probably going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks, um, which was really cool. We really dove into some deep conversation about uh, do's and don'ts and kind of best practices for our military when it comes to purchasing. And um, so that's kind of my, just my little real estate nugget for today. Um, I know I kind of got a little bit more onto moving. Um, I am so excited to bring you so much more with this podcast uh, we're going to be starting, you know, we're, we're building up our list of interviews. We're going to be talking to military families that have tips to share hysterical and tragic experiences that they've gone through, um, just sharing some stories on moves and uh, also talking to um, some other realtors in other military locations so we can start to understand what it's like in different markets and really help develop this network for you this um, in our in our project is, is part of that is developing a network of real estate agents um, across the world for you that when you're moving from one place to the other you can tap into us and really get to know us and and know that where you're going we've got someone who can help you make the right decision so that is it for me today thank you so much if you listen to the end make sure you're following me i'm on instagram at sandy b Payne. you can also follow me on facebook just sandy Payne, and that's pretty much it so thank you so much for following we look forward to talking to you again and have a great afternoon